You're listening to Campus Review Radio. Can you begin by just running through your report's key points into women at work comparing Australia and the United States? So it's a complex picture um, comparing um, the performance of both countries in relation to women's working lives and women in leadership. Um, On some measures, Australia has... um, caught up with and surpassed the American experience. Um, On other measures, Australia is lagging. In terms of where we're we're sort of level, Australia has um, caught up with the US, who used to lead us by quite some way in terms of representation of women on um, the boards of the largest companies. So in both countries, it sits at about 20% of the ASX or the Fortune 500, 200 um, groups are the largest companies by market capitalisation. Um, uh, so sitting at about 20% of women's representation in both areas. Now, in some ways, um, that's great, particularly in Australia, because we've shifted in the last um, seven or eight years um, from 10% to 20% women's representation. But if you flip it the other way, um, both economies are really underperforming relative to population and there's a very serious gender gap. So it's not necessarily something to celebrate that we've gone from having 90% men on those boards to 80%, but still we're having a trajectory in Australia which is um, steeper in Australia than in the US, which is very, very flat. And so we have a positive leadership trajectory in Australia, but um, you also found that women's work in Australia is also characterised by being part-time. That's right, yeah. So um, one of the key differences between working women in Australia and working women in the US is uh, women in the US are much more likely to work on a full-time basis. Um, Women in Australia are much more likely to work non-full-time, either in part-time or casual employment. And that's particularly the case when Australian women have uh, very young preschool-aged children. Um, Now, you've got to think about what the drivers are behind that because it's quite complicated. And I suspect that in the US, you'll see an effect of the um, attachment of pensions and healthcare funding for um, employees and their families to full-time permanent jobs as having quite an impact in terms of keeping women employed in full-time permanent jobs uh, and seeking them out even when they have very small children. Obviously, in Australia, we have a really different um, situation in terms of healthcare Um, and in terms of leave, minimum standards, um, which are at a higher level than the US. Um, In Australia, uh, women, particularly with young kids, um, work in less than full-time roles. Um, And in some respects, you could say, okay, that allows women to have um, the capacity to combine their working lives with their family lives. But we've also got to um, have a bit of a sceptical eye to that and the impact across the career as well, um, which is that um, part-time work has a scarring effect on wages, not just at the time that it's earned, um, but it seems to have a scarring effect across um, the career, even when someone transitions back into full-time work. And that can lead to um, impacts in terms of what we know about retirement income savings um, and poverty in older age among women. Does this also contribute to the 30% gender pay gap in Australia, which I think the report identified? Uh, So in aggregate in Australia, the gender pay gap in Australia and the US is about the same at about 18%. Um, So that's all jobs, all employees um, across the board. Um, And it's hovered in both economies between sort of 15 and about 21% for the last 20 years and not really moving despite lots and lots of conversations and lots and lots of research. Um, so the, where you see the largest uh, gaps um, by industry is in areas like health and um, social assistance 
and in finance, um, and in Australia, the gap there is about 30% um, between uh, men's and women's earnings. Um, and, uh, you know, in, 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 in different occupations and in different um, sectors, the question is not so much whether there is a gap, the question is how big the gap is. And absolute best case scenario for women in both countries would be a gap of about 7% um, and that would be in areas such as the direct employees of government, police, um, in firefighting, those kind of areas. Um, worst case scenario um, is if you look at managers, which you'd assume as sort of highly, you know, um, high status jobs, um, highly associated with high training and, and high earnings. Um, you actually see that the gap um, can be as high as about 50% um, among among managers. So um, there, there's a real uh, um, spread across different sectors and occupations, but there's a gap every time you look. How could you translate the findings of this report over onto the academic workforce? <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, what we know about women's experience of the labour force in both economies is that women are the people who predominate in precarious employment um, and make up the bulk of people who are earning the lowest of wages. Um, I think if we look at the pyramid um, uh, which represents a sort of from from the lowest paid jobs to the highest paid jobs, or the, you know, the and at the bottom, looking at the more precarious jobs around sessional and contract employment in universities, um, the majority of people who take up those roles in universities um, are women employees. Mm. So you see um, see some impact there. Um, there's also been some research among um, colleagues looking at higher education, uh, such as my colleague Professor Glenda Strawn at Griffith University and um, Dr. Robin May um, and and they suggest that where we look at things such as performance pay or merit, in inverted commas, merit-based pay within universities that women um, are not rewarded to the same extent as their male academic colleagues are and that relates to a, a gender gap. Um, and you also see that impact of um, one of the... Um, Really critical things is even though many Australian women are quite interested in working in non-full-time, more flexible jobs, particularly when they have acute care needs, um, that there's a lack of a supply of good quality um, part-time jobs or good quality flexible jobs. So the, the choice is kind of between a longer hours job or a very precarious job. And, and in the middle, um, I think um, in, um, in our sector and across all sectors, um, there's a real a real undersupply of jobs that allow women to work at their skill level um, and to also work on a flexible basis when they require that uh, as a part of their um, of their uh, family lives. Uh, regarding the overall workforce with leadership positions, that, um, the fact that we've got an upwards trajectory of um, women women in boards in in Australian companies in the ASX two hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, so is that is it is that showing that the gap is closing somewhat or? So the gap's closed in terms of board directorships, um, going from ten percent to twenty percent women's representation. But what's actually quite interesting is if you look in the same companies, like the ASX two hundred companies, and look at who their CEOs are, um, it's a minuscule number of women who are CEOs of those companies. It's more like four percent. Uh, women's representation. So, in other words, 96% male mm. um, in those roles. So, so it's a complex picture. So, we have seen some movement in some areas, and I'd put that change that you see in the directorships down to some um, changes that the ASX has made mm. around reporting. I'd put it down to the advocacy of organisations 
like the Workplace um, Gender Equality Agency, um, who've been really pushing a transparency um, approach. But but that doesn't seem to be filtering down to those very senior executive level positions, mm-hmm. um, and, and and that's a very serious concern because that's also where many of the very um, strategic decisions about how organisations are run are made. Mm. There was an interesting graph in the report where um, I think it was more men named Peter on boards than there are women overall women. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the most likely sort of demographic you you are uh, you you have to be a director on these very large companies um, is to be um, an an ageing um, white man. Mm. Yeah, and uh, were there any suggestions in the report that could um, that Australia could implement to close the gap essentially? Yeah, so we we have made some suggestions, and because it's a really complex problem that's driven by so many different areas in, in the world, um, um, it's it. I want to emphasise that there, there's no one fix um, because I think a lot of the um, problems here are driven within families and that's around things like the inequitable share of the care load in the home where women shoulder the majority of that burden. It's uh, it's around the policies that government put in place um, and the ways in which um, that interacts with the labour market and it's also around the ways in which organisations are structured the ways in which they value jobs, the ways that their policies interact with their practices. So we need in, we need action at all three levels. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of what uh, do, you, do you want me to answer? In terms of what government should do, or businesses, or um, what government and business should do? Okay, so um, so government um, needs to really have a keen eye to whether their policies are working women friendly. Um, you know, we have come some way actually in Australia in the last five years where we moved from being the, one of the two outliers in terms of having not having a paid parental, national paid parental leave scheme um, and now America is the only outlier because we had that introduced effective from the 1st of January 2011 introduced by the Labor government. Um, we also have a reasonably strong um, minimum standards uh, framework um, so they're just a couple of examples, but I think we need vigilance around those sorts of innovations when we put them in place and things like really um, making sure that, for example, proposals that we have at the moment around winding back um, access to paid parental leave in the uh, provided by government in organisations which already provide paid parental leave um, through bargained outcomes or through policy outcomes in um, organisations and businesses that we really strongly resist moving down that path. Um, That really affects us in higher education because higher ed was one of the first movers in terms of um, bargained and very strong um, paid parental leave um, availability for staff. Um, And what the current proposals, which are sitting in the Senate at the moment, are that that, um, staff's access to the, the national scheme would be removed because of the you know, the availability of paid parental leave mm. in, in the workplace. Um, so I think, you know, government really needs to take a good look at what the implications, either intended or unintended, are of their um, their policy making and their policy implementation. Um, and in terms of businesses, I mean, there's many different things that um, businesses can do. I, I'd say one critical one is to look at having transparency um, and um, ensuring a bias-free um, approach to things like pay and promotion. So, and, and ensuring that uh, where bonuses and discretionary payments are made, that they, there are gender-neutral 
uh, measures put on that and also that when decisions are made that these are disclosed mm-hmm. uh, to staff and to potential staff. Um, and I think also um, there's a really um, a lot of strong evidence that having a mainstreamed flexibility approach in employment, um, so not just um, you know moving to a, a casualised approach and not just moving to you know part-time employment for women when they have young children, but to moving to an approach where uh, flexible employment is available to all staff regardless of the um, the, the issue or the motivator um, is really critical for gender equality and that means that women can access it but men can access it and I think that that's a, that's a really critical part of the, um, you know, solving this problem for us.